Why niggas? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Niggas is a brand. Allen Houston. Niggas mean Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What is going on, guys? You are listening to Nick Ish. You got your boys Mo and Faiz here. We are a game, a day removed, not a game removed, a day removed from the Knicks thrashing the Hornets. Uh, we're going to get into that and the Wizards game and a lot more from what's going on this season. Make sure you check out our website, nickdashish.com. Keep an eye out, subscribe, because we got new gear coming up really, really soon, as in maybe this week. You know, Black Friday's coming up, you know what I'm saying? Might be might be there, so make sure you subscribe on nickdashish.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at nickishnyc, and uh, support your boys on the podcast. Give us that five-star review, but... We got some new gear coming up. It is the fall season, something brand new that we have never done before, and we're so excited to share with y'all real soon. Uh, bringing my guy, Faiz. What's going on, man? How you feeling? I'm feeling good, man. You know, Nick's winning uh, two games back-to-back. It's a, it's a great feeling. They're like, uh, I think they're, what are they, seven and five now, I want to say? Seven and eight, five. Eight uh, and five. Oh, eight, eight and five. five. Even better, yeah. So uh, it's, it's great to see them uh, get some of these easy wins against teams like the Hornets, the Wizards, the Hawks, and uh, you know it's a little confidence boost when you get to see them uh, beat up on on the teams they should be beating up on, winning by double digits uh, against these guys. So um, nice to have a little confidence boost from the Knicks, so that we don't fall off the bandwagon early in the season. You know? Yeah, man. Like it's it's great. The team looks like they're locked in. Uh, took a couple of games in. We saw some rough games from Randall, some rough games from Brunson. Uh, RJ's been was out for six days with the migraine. Grimes is out. Look like, you know, at the start of the season, this might just be one of those odd year seasons where the Knicks don't perform. Sorry, even year seasons when the Knicks don't perform well. But with the Knicks starting at eight and five, I think this is the best record that they've had starting a season since that 2012-2013 season, which that's that's something to look up to. The Knicks are right now are tied for fifth in the East with the Heat sitting at eight and five. And they just won three in a row, and they got the Wolves tomorrow, who are playing well. But looks like the direction is positive for our squad right now. Yeah, I mean, we could have also seen the Knicks win like seven in a row. It was very, it was, it was possible if they had taken care of business against Boston. Uh, it's clear that Boston has had their number this year. Uh, we lost against them first game of the season, losing against them again uh, in between those like sandwich between three wins, three wins, and then you know uh, the Boston game. But um, it would have been fantastic if they could have gone on a seven game win streak this early in the season. I feel like it would have put the league on notice. But um, it's great that they're they're taking care of business. They're be, uh, able to beat up on these on these bad teams but uh i definitely will say it's still a little bit concerning that the knicks really haven't had um a game that was that that really showed that they were about their business i mean like i, I want to say the first game against cleveland was definitely one of those games like they played well against uh, a contender but Darius Garland was also out. I think the first one, Donovan Mitchell, no, Donovan Mitchell was in the first one, but someone else was out. I think Jared Allen was out or something. So I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a little frustrating that they they haven't been able to really like they they also lost against the Bucks, a game where Jalen Brunson scored like forty something. Like it's frustrating to see that they haven't been able to take care of business against the good teams. But I'm sure 
as the season goes on, we'll see some of those signature wins coming up for for this team. Because um, you could also say a lot about how uh, Dante DiVincenzo coming into this lineup, like he's getting major minutes on this team, and maybe he's taking some time to fit in with everybody and whatnot. So they seem a lot more comfortable now, and hopefully that comfort could lead to some signature wins against some contending teams. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about signature wins, that Hawks game that started off the, this three-game winning streak, to me, that was a signature win because that was a gutsy gutsy win that they pulled off. I mean, they they fell behind, and then with the last couple of minutes to go, they didn't miss a single shot. We had IQ showing out, led the led the charge. We saw Mitchell Robinson diving for, for loose balls. We saw Jalen Brunson hit the dagger. I mean, that, that to me, was a crucial win. Uh, that Clippers game with Harden, the system debut. <laughs> Got them on that L and and that took, you know, the Clippers six or seven games to finally get their first win. What was it like last night or the night before? Yeah. So, I mean, this this squad right here, I feel confident with. Um, I think like this, this is this is kind of what we should have been targeting for years. And I, I don't see how you could be a fan and be upset with the squad right now. How could you be upset with with this team not going all in for one superstar and see a kind of squad that we have top to bottom? literally top to bottom, filled with multi-talented, multi-faceted players. You put in Deuce McBride, he's going to do a couple of things. He'll get a steal, he'll get three, he'll he'll pass it out. Jericho Sims, you can rely on to get to crash boards and get the occasional alley-oop. I mean, those are those are the bottom tier. Those are our bottom tier players right now, but we have a team stacked with talent. I mean, we might have the best bench in the NBA right now. We might not have a top 10 level player, but this is what long-term investing is. This is something where you have a team that might potentially make its third playoffs in four years. You have a head coach right now. I mean, we all haven't been tips fans for the longest time, but you got to give credit where credit is due. I mean, he's making the rotations. He's doing well with considering the kind of injuries that he's been dealing with, you know, two, two months into the season. Um, even Julius Randle. I mean, the first couple of games looked like he was setting a record for the worst efficiency but you're kind of seeing an evolution in his game last night he got like seven assists crisp clean passes that he's doing last year you saw him giving up the ball more to Brunson so he's kind of filling more into his role where he doesn't have to be that engine that we used to call him a couple of years back he's kind of taking on a different role where he's being that tertiary or secondary best player on the team and I mean Mitchell Robinson you can't you can't go wrong with him so I'm not going to get too much to everybody right now but who's a standout player that that uh, you know, has been that you you've been keeping your eye on. I mean, standout. I have to say, Mitchell Robinson because he's the he's been the most consistent player for the Knicks all year. He hasn't had a game where I feel like he's misstepped, and he's really shown that he's uh advanced another level in his game. And you know, it doesn't even take much. It like you know, a lot of the times, a lot of people think uh uh stepping up in your game means adding a mid-range shot or, you know, adding another piece. But sometimes it's just getting much better at things you're already good at. And, you know, we saw Mitchell Robinson last year and, like, not to take away from how well he played last year, offensive rebounding and whatnot, but this year he's leading the league with 78 offensive rebounds and the next guy after him has 52. That's insane. Like, seeing a guy who was a second-round pick during, like, an era of the Knicks that was, like, it was it was hurtful, like during a hurtful era of the Knicks, seeing him blossom into this player who's being considered for a defensive player of the year conversations, who's been, you know, offensive rebounding and impacting the team and game in a way. And then seeing him come out on Twitter afterwards and just say, I'm just doing my job. Like the growth of Mitchell Robinson, I have to give this guy credit where it's due because a lot of us were 
also complaining about his contract when we got him, saying he was overpaid, this, that. Seeing Mitchell Robinson quiet out everything, quiet all the haters out, and just impact the game the way he has, I have to give this guy a round of applause. Shout out to Mitchell Robinson. Love it. He, the unsung hero in almost every game, it feels like. And he's really coming out to his own. Last five games, he's had a total of five fouls. Remember how many games we talked about him fouling out or just coming right. stupid-ass fouls? He has fixed that. Another issue of his, he he's a flail a lot. I don't know if you remember. He's a flail a lot during these games. He just falls into the floor. Awkward and landings. Just awkward like... landings, just this and that. You don't really see that as much anymore. He's standing his ground almost against every player in the NBA. He might You might see him struggle a little bit when it comes to players that are shooting the three. But any big that does not shoot the three, you can trust Mitchell Robinson to lock them down. And he's not getting the lobs that he should be getting. He should be getting more points. I mean, there's no reason why he's he should be averaging like five or six points a game. He can easily get a double-double. But with the blocks that he's getting, the defensive awareness, and just being the leader of that team, defensively at least, he's he's the longest-tenure player on, on the Knicks right now, and he's one of their best. And... uh I think he's making a very solid argument for not just all defensive player, but defensive player of the year. Because right now the Knicks are ranked what in de- in defense in opponents points fifth, per game? Fifth defensive rating according to NBA.com. Defensive rating probably fifth, but as far as opponents points yeah. per game, the Knicks are number one in the NBA. Oof. Okay. Number one. So there's there's a definite argument to be made that this year's squad is one of the best defensive teams right now in the NBA. Yeah, and honestly, I feel like um, you can't really talk about Mitchell Robinson without talking about his backup, Isaiah Hartenstein, who's been phenomenal too. Like, I know maybe a lot of the times those uh, numbers don't show up statistically, but what he's able to offer by being a great stopgap, like plugging in the hole when that when Mitchell Robinson's not in the game has been fantastic. Like, he's also a great vertical threat. Like, you see his awareness on the court, his defensive prowess. Like, and on top of all of that, just his just his enthusiasm for the game, like seeing him stand up for other, uh, other, or his other teammates and whatnot, like having that combo, it's part of why, you know, I have to agree with what you said that the Knicks might have one of the best benches because, you know, you're looking at players like uh, Jalen Brunson, when he's coming out, you get to see his replacement being a player like Emmanuel quickly, or, you know, when uh, uh, Grimes is coming out, a guy like Dante DiVincenzo who hit seven for 10 last night from three, or when Mitchell Robinson's coming out, we're getting to see Isaiah Hartenstein. So these backups have been fantastic. And I really want to give, a huge shout out to Isaiah Hartenstein for making Mitch's job easier, letting him get the time he needs to rest. Cause there's a lot of the times I'm like, why is Isaiah Hartenstein still in the game? Not in a bad way, but just like, you know, I'd rather see Mitch in. And it's like, why not? Isaiah Hartenstein's playing fine. Why not let, let Mitch have his rest and then let Mitch be effective at the, in the, in the last few minutes of the game. Like we saw a little bit of that last night where, you know, the lead was coming back. Uh, the lead was cutting down to like maybe eight, 10 points at a point. And I'm like, you know, put Mitch back in, put Mitch back in. And they stuck with Isaiah Hartenstein. And then Mitch comes in at the end of the game, left-handed block uh, uh, on one of the Hornets players. And it's like, that's why you let him rest up so he could be ready for those last few minutes and the Knicks could really shut it down. So so shout yeah. out to, to our to our centers. I mean, look at Mitch's weight. In some years, we thought he was too skinny. Other seasons, we thought he might have been too fat. But like, I think he finally found that right balance where he's able to be strong and also be agile. I mean, 11, he got 11 offensive rebounds last night. Out of his 14, 11 were offense. You know how much energy you need to constantly get these offensive rebounds, to tip it back out, tip it in. It's a lot of energy that you need. And he's he used to average like, what, 20, 25 minutes per game. Now he's averaging close to 30, maybe 31. Um, 
he's he's evolved man like this is this is a different kind of player that we're seeing and i'm 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 looking forward to see him take on rudy gobert tomorrow night because i think i with the with the way the wolves are playing they're playing well but this is gonna be a nice test for mitch robinson i think he has a really good ability to lock down a player like rudy gobert who does not shoot the three has no mid-range shot i think we're gonna see mitch robinson really take on the challenge and fuck him up (laughs) yeah yeah i mean definitely i i think i think i agree um uh, that's going to be a, a definitely an interesting game coming up. Um, I mean, besides uh, Mitchell Robinson and our centers, I kind of want to talk a little bit about uh, Emmanuel quickly as well, because I feel like, you know, there was a lot of talk about, uh, you know, whether or not we were going to extend him. And seeing the way he's been playing, man, I feel like I have no idea what's going to happen with Emmanuel quickly, because I clearly want to see him on this team. Like he's averaging 50.5 points a game. You're seeing him uh, uh, being able to dish out the ball. He's just playing defensively on another level. And on top of that, he's shooting close. Like he's shooting 46% from field, the field goal and 36% from three or close to 37. Like he's been fantastic. And you're seeing Tibbs really trust him by putting him in the last few minutes of games and, and closing out games, man. I, I really want to know what's, what's the next step for the Knicks with Emmanuel quickly. Cause I personally want to see him on this roster. I, I want to see him come forward, move forward with us, but I'm having a bad feeling that, He's just playing way too well. And the Knicks are going to have to to cash in their chips with, with a guy like Emmanuel quickly because he's playing at, at, I think, at a starting level for sure, like for other teams. So I, I don't know what's about to happen. Well, how do you I feel mean, about What do you think about Emmanuel quickly? I mean, he is averaging career highs right now, 15.5 points per game in 13 games. And he's shooting at a really high clip. I mean, career highs and field goal percentage. And he's close enough to his career high in, uh, in three-point percentage. So... We're seeing some of the best Emmanuel quickly that we have ever seen. And he's he is going to be a restricted free agent. And there's gonna be a lot of politics involved with how much he should get, he should be getting paid, especially when you consider all the other players' contracts right now. Cause we got we got some good cost effective contracts on this team, and IQ can't be getting paid more than a lot of these players uh on a per year basis. So as much as I hate to say it, um I, I love IQ. He's one of my favorite players in the NBA. I think there's a very, very, it's just my own personal gut feeling, a very, very good chance that he's part of a trade package for another player, maybe another wing that we get. Uh, maybe Mikhail Bridges type of player. You know what I'm saying? So again, that has its benefits and its losses. You can't you can't keep wanting to stick with your own drafted players as as amazing as it is to want to do that and to, you know, get to that title contender level with your own homegrown talent. You can't do it with every player that you got. You got to make some trades. Um, And I just don't know if there's room right now in the starting lineup for IQ because for the kind of contract that he's going to demand and he's going to get offers from, from other teams, he's going to get a starting count, starting player kind of contract option. Um, And maybe, maybe the Knicks front office is going to be able to be slick with it, be creative and give him that Lou Will kind of idea uh, where he he is a six-man technically, but he's, you know, going to be there and gain starting level minutes anyway. So, I don't know. If you, if I were a betting man, I'm I'm going to bet that he's probably not going to be on the Knicks next year, but I hope he is. Yeah, I agree because, like, you know, we have players like Grimes and we have players like Dante DiVincenzo who can do a few of the things that he can do, but those guys can't do the things Emmanuel quickly can do on the floor. So uh, the preference is always to keep a guy like Emmanuel quickly on the roster. But I, I agree with you with that bad feeling in terms of they're going to have to consolidate someone on this roster sooner or later. And, you know, a lot of people always want to consolidate the worst players on the team and stuff, but you're going to have to consolidate someone who's good because 
that's who other teams want. That's how you get value. You get you have to trade good players to get good players. So, and we've seen this this front office be really cerebral and very tactical with the way they make moves. So, um, I I could definitely see them using using uh, Emmanuel quickly as a bargain chip to to get better on with this roster. So, especially with guys like Dante DiVincenzo and Grimes uh being able to play the way they are. I know Grimes has been a little bit inconsistent with his with his um with his play, but when he has it on, he really has it on. So um with if those guys are able to keep playing the way they are, the chances of Emmanuel quickly getting consolidated is, is definitely high. You you want that top 10 level player, you gotta give some top 50 level talent. Multiple yeah. of them. Um so you want an MB, you, you gotta give a Randall, probably Mitch and IQ to try to get a player like an MVP. Like we didn't even start talking about picks yet, because that, that's saying? how it works. Yeah, that's... Exactly. Um it's saying 2K. Like I, I just <laughs> want to respond to everyone on Twitter who just like, yo, just put up Deuce and Jericho add four picks and you'll get Giannis and MB together somehow. Yeah. Like like it's that's this kind isn't of the... the ESPN trade machine. Just because exactly. the ESPN trade machine said yes doesn't mean a team is gonna look at that offer and be like, Yes, like if a team like Philadelphia, if a team like the Bucks are moving on from their MVP player. Remember, these guys have won MVPs. One of them has won a ring. Um, if these guys are moving on from their team, they're they're expecting huge, huge deals back that they can rebuild with. So exactly. And if they're willing to give up a top 10 level player, they're looking to rebuild fast. So you're gonna need a player like Emmanuel Quickly, who's young, up and coming, who has a ton of potential, high level, high ceiling at an affordable contract. You're gonna need players like him and Mitchell Robinson to kind of fill in that gap that your team is now lacking when you give up your superstar top 10 level player. Like that's that's just how it is. And you know what? Sometimes it's okay for players to be traded because I'm sure to them there's a level of justification that they have to make that they got traded for that player. So they, that you get, you get some form of cachet from that, that you were that player that was traded for that superstar. There, there is a level of, you know, cachet you get from that. Um, now, or that might just be bullshit. I'm just making shit up, but I don't know. I think, I think, no, I mean, I think, I think you're right to a certain extent. Like, like look at Mikhail Bridges. Like he got traded for Kevin Durant at the end of the day. Like, I know it sucks to get traded from the team that you were drafted by a team that you made it to the finals with a team that you build relationships and bonds with, but you go to a team like the Nets and you get more minutes because you're getting traded from a team that had a superstar to huge hole now. For, for the, that superstar's minutes, that, that player who's probably playing 37 minutes a game, now you get to take some of those minutes. And on top of that, people look at you like, yo, you were traded for Kevin Durant. You were traded for Joel Embiid. Now we have a higher expectation for you. We want you to play more and whatnot. So um, I think at the end of the day, stuff like that, it's it's respect around the league. Like if a player, if a, if a team is ready to get rid of a superstar and they're like, yeah, we'll take him instead. Uh, I think a player would be excited by that. I, I'm just not excited about the idea of Emmanuel quickly not yeah. being on the Knicks. Like that just sounds like a, a black mirror world that I don't want to live in. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, look, if we're if we're in a position now where we're able to say a late first round pick and a second round pick can be flipped into a superstar player, that goes. You got to give credit to the front office and coaching staff for even even able to get our players to that kind of extent, developing to that, them to that. I mean, and, that and, and it's clear that the Knicks are developing talent because you look at RJ Barrett before and you look at RJ Barrett now. You're seeing 
a, a lot more consistency in his play. A lot of us, when we were talking about uh, uh, RJ starting the season, we were concerned that he was going to have another season where he starts really poorly, but we were able to see him pick up, pick it back up right where he left it off with team Canada, with, with the playoffs, with the Knicks. So, you know, that's, that's a huge leap in development. Mitchell Robinson has been, been, been being developed by this Knicks team since he's coming onto the roster. Emmanuel quickly, Quinn Grimes, like these are all talent that we drafted and we're seeing grow and we're, we're benefiting from it. Like even, even as little as Deuce McBride, bro, like seeing him get these minutes in these blowout games, like, He's a competent NBA player. He doesn't look lost out there. He looks like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, maybe the shot's not always falling. Yeah, maybe like he'll he'll get too eager on a defensive play, but he belongs on a floor with other NBA players. And I don't remember the last time the Knicks have had so many good NBA players that a guy like Deuce McBride, who could be on an NBA floor, doesn't who barely sees minutes because the rest of the roster is so damn good. Like <laughs> if Sid were here, he's gonna he's gonna hate this because I'm gonna sound like the ill. Tibbs apologist, but there are not that many players who have come to this team the last three to four years who have regressed. How many players have regressed apart from maybe Evan Fournier, who maybe wasn't that good to begin with, and Kemba Walker, who was old. (laughs) Apart from that, I mean, how many players have regressed? You had Nerlens Noel come here, became a much better player, and he got a bigger contract as a result. Derrick Rose came here, had had a resurgent season that, that first season that we had him. Um, and you have all you have our full team right now, top to bottom. Randall became an MIP. You got Brunson playing at all star level. Like all these players come in, they get much better. Alec Burks, people are talking about Josh Hart again, as if like, oh shit, yeah. like, as if we didn't give up Cam Reddish and like a first round pick for him. Like people are talking about Dante DiVincenzo, like, oh shit, like you guys just gave him an MLE and look at how the way he's playing. Like, yeah, I'm with Jalen Brunson. Like People knew he was going to be nice. People did not know he was going to be this nice. And even R.J. Barrett, like, even Knicks fans, I will say, knew that R.J. Barrett had a step up in him, but not the way he's been playing. Not the way he's he's been. Not as yeah. consistent as he's been. So. And at the, root, at, the, at the road route, whatever, that he's going in, he's looking like probably the best player out of the top three right now. It's just availability is the best ability, and Zion's not playing often. John Moran is still fucking suspended right now for i don't know how many more games um and uh and and hartenstein too sorry I, i'm like going i'm jumping back into the the development because hartenstein has gotten better yeah yeah bro, he, he, he was a nobody pick. exactly yeah, he was a nobody um i don't know about nobody he was he had promise but we're seeing him start to blossom into possibly a starting caliber center maybe he's a starting caliber center in, in a year or two um and he's gonna get an even bigger contract i mean obi toppin I can't say he regressed. We did see him improve. Um, he went from an okay player to a player who dropped thirty plus points whenever he started. I mean that that, that all comes from getting development. Done I mean, correctly. even if you want to say something bad about Obi, you could say Tom Thibodeau didn't like him. So if there was someone to not get the benefit of a Tom Thibodeau team, it probably would be Obi Toppin, the guy who was always the odd man out in in on this roster. Unfortunately, you know, wish yeah. him the best, but that that's the reality of the situation. He was the odd man out. Amongst amongst the guys that Tom Thibodeau had in his inner circle, so so we, I'll say I'll, real quick. I'll just also say it sucks to see quickly, like finally, like it's the chance that quickly could get traded when Thibodeau finally fully trusts him. Like Thibodeau's fully given him the keys. You see, quickly completely running the offense, taking whatever dumb shot he wants because it'll go in. And now is the time where he might not be on the team anymore. That's so frustrating, but. Yeah, it, it might happen. I mean, or I don't know. You think he's a 
he's capable of being a star number two with Brunson? Does that kind of lineup work if you think he's know. better fit than Grimes and DiVincenzo? I mean, he is he is great. He's doing great defensively. He is able to keep the ball moving. Do we have a small one-two starting lineup? The reason I say no is not because Emmanuel quickly is not a good player. I feel like a lot of the times, a lot of people, like you said earlier, see everything as 2K where like you just take your best players on the roster and you put them in the starting lineup. The NBA doesn't work like that where um, you're, first of all, you're, you're taking away from your bench, a, a creator on your bench that Emmanuel quickly is who, who plays good with the rest of the, 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 the second unit. But besides that, there's only one ball. And if you have a guy like Jalen Brunson, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, who could all technically create their own offense and start, you don't want Emmanuel quickly with those guys. You'd rather have a guy like Grimes who doesn't need the ball as much, doesn't need it to create his own shot, but is more of a catch-and-shoot player, can defend the best uh, wing on the other team and stuff. Like I think a player like DiVincenzo or Grimes who plays within the bounds of the rest of the players would be great, whereas quickly can play within the bounds of other players, but he's much better when he can create for himself, create for others, and play off the bench with other guys who need it. Man, what you talk about? You're saying that just because IQ is averaging the the higher starting, uh, higher point per game that he can't start? Is that not central to the Knicks' uh, strategy? Is that what we're saying? Uh, don't say it like that. Not the central. <laughs> Oh my god! Yo, he's averaging I mean, fifteen. He has to start. It's more than the other two. Like that, you haven't seen points per game, man. Like he has. Sounds to, like Grimes is regressing, man. Sounds like Grimes <laughs> is regressing. <laughs> Look, I mean, I I get the thought process. I'm not I'm not blaming it. Like I understand that he's been playing at another level, but sometimes he's able to play at that other level because of the situation that he's put yes. into, and that's what I like to see. And you know, it's great to see him. Like, people don't understand a lot of the times the reps that he's getting with the second unit, he will not get those reps to be a starting point guard type of player with the first unit. Because, first of all, first it goes to Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson's getting the ball first. He's the one who's running the offense and everything. Then it probably goes to RJ a lot of the times now because he's a slasher. You like seeing the ball in his hands. But Randall's also sharing it with RJ. So if you add quickly to that mix, I feel like, if anything, he will regress instead of growing in that starting lineup role. So I don't want to see that for quickly. Well, this this is actually a great segue because that's kind of a major topic right now in the Knicks fan, in the Knicks fan base right now is why was Dante playing so much better than we've seen Grimes play in the last two games? When Grimes has been out, Dante stepped up, dropped 25 career high points last night, seven to 10. I'm not, I'm not me personally. I'm not an advocate for making the switch now, but Let's 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 dive in a little bit on why Dante played better than we've seen Grimes play. I, I, I'll start. I want to preface everything by saying that we should keep Grimes in the starting lineup. He's a much better defender. Uh, maybe he can't rebound and like you know just make those like in between plays the way Dante does. But I feel like Grimes, what he offers, is, a lot of young players can't offer that, and he needs more reps in the starting lineup to continue to be that. But Dante's a seasoned player, man. He's played on multiple teams with like championship caliber like teams, so. Him understanding his role amongst players like Julius Randle, amongst players like RJ, uh, RJ, yeah, RJ started yesterday too, and Jalen Brunson, that makes a lot more sense to me because he he played with guys like Steph, he's played with guys like Giannis, and he knows that this is my time to be passive, this is my time to be on the offensive end. Where Grimes, he's still having trouble figuring out, hey, should I take the shot? Hey, should I like we saw him get blocked the other day by um, Oof, by, yeah. 
Oh, by the Hawks guy, uh, Okongwu, I think. Yeah, yeah, because, driving and, down the baseline, going for yeah, a dunk. Yeah, and everyone was shitting on him, and I'm like, why are you guys shitting on him? Like, we've seen Grimes make that dunk before. It's just he's having a hard time differentiate between should I take this dunk now or should I just take this three? And you're like Dominique on the fucking uh, on the on the call, like, yeah, Grimes, just stick to the corner and shoot. That's why you that's that's why they got you to, to stick in the corner and shoot. I'm like, listen, Grimes has a lot more to offer than that. He just doesn't know when and when not to offer it. So uh, I'm still especially in the regular season. I'm all for giving Grimes those reps so that he could be uh, more like Dante in, in terms of being ready for that role. But um if it comes to a playoff game and we really need something to happen now, maybe Dante should start. I think this is a great problem to have. You would mm-hmm. rather have the problem of picking. Be- it's like when you're playing fantasy and you're like, should I start this good player or should I start this other good player? You want to have problems like that. And you want to have players like that where Grimes can feed off of Dante's energy and learn more from him. Yeah. I think the key word here is assertive. Grimes hasn't been assertive enough, but I think after he sees Dante being assertive and he knows that he's actually able to take those shots i think grimes in a position where he's a young player where he doesn't know his role as a starter if if or when he should be taking those shots i think he knows you know i got the ball on a catch and shoot i'm wide open let me take it but we know grimes is able to handle the rock he should be able to we know he's able to drive in he should be able to do more than just those baseline drives he he'll i think he'll learn a thing or two after after watching these last two games i don't think now is the right time for tips to make that switch i mean if if he wants to give Dante more minutes and take it away from Grimes, that's that's fine. Um, but I think there's definitely a mental thing that like Grimes could be shaken up a little bit if he's if he's yanked from the starting lineup. And you don't want Grimes' confidence to drop down because he has such a high level of potential to be a high impact player. Dante is who he is. He like you like you mentioned, he's a vet right now. He's 26 years old. He knows what he's capable of doing and he knows he's able to come into starting lineup and do and play his game. Grimes might not feel that same kind of way, but he should be coached that way where he knows that he's able to take those shots. Tip should be pulling him in or show him on the bench. Like, yo, you see that shot that Dante just took. You can take those kind of shots. You got the green light. You should be driving in. Um, I think Dante right now is, is more talented a player because we see him be able to drive on those transition plays. I mean, he'll get a rebound, he'll drive right in and just mo- keep, you know, increase the pace of the, of the game. Sometimes he'll miss his own shot and grab his own rebound. Like, that's how yeah. seasoned he is where he's like, shit, I know I'm going to miss the shit. Let me slip in right here, grab my rebound, kick it out to another guy. And we've seen plays like that where he does that and they're impactful and effective. So. Exactly. But like a player like that on the bench is so crucial. And that's why our bench lineup is so strong. Cause we have IQ doing that. We have Dante doing that. We have Hartenstein doing his thing. We have such a strong bench and it's so critical to winning games. Cause you have that balanced kind of lineup. We should be getting better uh, offensively. Cause I think we're like 20th and off in points per game, but I think we're, we're reaching a, a point where we are getting better. And I think a major caveat for the last two games and seeing Dante and how he's been playing is that they were against the two worst defensive teams in the NBA, Hornets and the Wizards. Dante is not going to be dropping seven of 10 every game. I mean, that was he's, a career high no matter you what. You know what I'm saying? Do. Exactly. Like he's he's not like, it's, I'm not saying his lightning's being struck in a bottle, but it's it's close to that. He's not going to be doing that. Yeah. Um, But let it be an opportunity for Grimes to sit and watch and observe and learn and apply those same kind of tactics because Grimes had a couple of strong games this season. Um, 
but I don't think it's it's not a sustainable thing for Dante to be able to score the way he scored the last two games. It's just yeah. Not- also, also the Knicks are eight and five. Like I'm not. Uh, this is not the time to push the panic button and like exactly. make a make a huge switch or make a huge change. But even aside from all that, I feel like I just feel like Dante like he he's good. He's great in our lineup, and you know it's fantastic that he was able to beat up uh, on these bad teams. But you know the, it's like what we keep saying today. Like the NBA is not two K. It's not like. You, your, all your starters come out, and you just slip in your entire bench unit, and that's how you play. Like guys are taken in and out of the lineups. Like you're just because Josh Hart and Dante Divincenzo are similar players doesn't mean they come in at the same time. And that's where I want to give Tip some credit. I feel like he's really been much better at managing these lineups and picking when to slip someone in, when to take someone out, when to end the game with Emmanuel quickly against, like, for example, he finishes the game with Emmanuel quickly against the Wizards and he really starts cooking. And then yesterday night he sees that quickly doesn't have it. And he's like, hey, let me finish this game with Dante DiVincenzo instead. And DiVincenzo continues to have a good night. So it's not it's not as black and white as everyone makes it seem like these are the starting lineup players. These are the, the you know, uh, backup players. Like, these guys are being mixed and matched with uh, the different units. So... I'm not really concerned that much about who's starting the games. I'm much more concerned about who's ending the games. And to have a problem like, hey, who's playing better, Dante DiVincenzo or Grimes, to see who we can start end the game with, I love that problem. That's a problem I'll take any day of the week. Yeah, and like that was a major complaint for us in previous season because he wouldn't be working off the hot hand or the player that has a hot hand keeping him in. And we did see a couple times this season, Grimes, I think, dropped three threes a couple of games ago and then just pulled him out and put someone else in. I forgot who. So it's not like... Tibbs is completely, you know, you can't like he's not scotch free of the of the issue. But to his credit, he has gotten much better at his rotations and just sticking with it. And we're seeing him learn and just go, you know, just adapt. Uh, something that you never would think that you'd hear with Tibbs <laughs> grow and adapt. But we're seeing it live. And um, right now, this team might be better than last year's team. I mean, record wise, I think they're already proven it. So hopefully, they yeah. can they can manage because i know the next the next schedule is never easy they never have an easy schedule so it's nice that they're able to beat up on these teams and especially i'm really happy that they got that hawks win because i think at the time they were tied for the same record and then the knicks uh taking care of business against the hawks and then moving on to winning back-to-back games i feel like much needed at this at this time of the season to give uh knicks fans the the boost and vote of confidence that they needed in this team because we all know how Knicks fans are. <laughs> a few games below 500 at this time of the season, and people are asking for Grimes to be taken out of the starting lineup. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, look, man, it's it's so frustrating when you see the Knicks on national national TV games, and the only topic they talk about is trade rumors. Trade and rumors, yeah. like, we it's so easy to just fall trapped to that, even as fans. I I do it all the time, but like sometimes it's just more fun just to enjoy the ride we have a really good team we have a great team that's winning games just enjoy that the title will come eventually soon doesn't have to be this this june (laughs) it could be next june it could be the following june as long as we're winning games we're playing strong i'm not saying like oh as long as we have fun type shit but no we should be at least trying to make it to the eastern conference finals every season if we're doing that then yes at some point we will make into the finals it's it's long it's a business long-term investing always wins you can't be doing these short tricks and expect it to just work out. Yeah, and I'll, I'll give uh, Nickish fans a little peek behind the curtain. There's a reason that sometimes you guys will see we're not talking, we're not doing episodes and stuff. It's because we would rather talk about concrete information than talk about rumors of 
this potential player might get traded. Like, I feel like a lot of Knicks fans get enough of that and get enough of all this type of, like, just, like, speculation, like, speculative talk about, oh, my God, like, we might trade for this guy, this guy, that ends up amounting to nothing. Like, we would rather talk about X and X's and O's of our favorite team and see them actually play on the floor. And it's been fantastic to see them play the way they have this season so far. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Cat wearing number thirty-three for oh like the God. third time in three months. Like, come on! Even now. hearing, even hearing the numbers thirty-three and Cat in the same sentence is making my blood boil. Like, I, in a Knicks yeah. jersey, Cat wearing a thirty-three in Knicks jersey. <clears throat> like, come on, man! We don't need to hear it. We got, <laughs> we got Randall. <laughs> we, I guess we, I guess we're good. I mean, look, I'm sure Randall's heard the rumors. Um, I'm curious how he's gonna play tomorrow night when he sees Cat. I'm curious how Mitch's going to play against Gobert because I think historically he doesn't play that well against Gobert. I think he's going to step up. And we're going to see RJ versus Edwards. They got they got a low-key rivalry going, so we know RJ's going to do his thing. Um, and we know Edwards is going to do his thing. That boy can ball. He's nice. <laughs> he's nice. I'll say as long as Randall doesn't end up putting Rudy Gobert in a, in a sleeper hold, it's a successful night. I'll consider that a successful <laughs> night. <laughs> oh, man. Shout out Draymond. Um, okay. I Unless you got... Anything else? I think we're good to wrap. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, not to have this on like a, you know, like the the Knicks, the NBA is always fun to watch. And um, it's so easy for us just kind of delve back into sports and kind of distract ourselves. There's obviously a lot of real stuff going on around the world. Um, we're not going to talk too much about it, but it is, uh, it is affecting thousands and thousands of people. So we just want to make sure the listeners are, you know, doing their part, we're doing our part, um, and just showing support and helping, you know, people going through atrocities today. Um, I don't, I'm not too, I'm not usually too good with talking about this stuff, but, um, you know, obviously the Palestinians are going through hardships more than we could even imagine. So donate, please support. Um, we'll continue to share links and support from how we can, and uh, just please keep educating yourselves and just, you know, prayers out to, to so many families who are struggling and going through such in, incredibly horrible things in the world today. So, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if you want to add on to that. As... Yeah, no, I mean, especially during this week where, you know, a lot of us are getting together with our families, thinking about uh, having a great meal, being thankful for the lives that we have, you know, try to remember the lives that a lot of people don't have the opportunity to have and try to, you know, use your place place of privilege to educate yourselves learn and give back to those communities especially like most said like the palestinian community who who really could use our our help right now and um it's it's a shame to see a lot of our humanities be lost over over you know politics over over just hurtful things so happen to your humanity during during this week of giving and and try to treat your fellow man a little bit better this week i really hope everyone can can sit with that yeah um yeah i think that about wraps up our episode of nickish make sure you follow us on instagram twitter nickish nyc subscribe on our website nickdashish.com like i mentioned earlier in the episode we do have new gear dropping this week new colorways new new styles so we're really excited to share that with everyone and um yeah uh until next episode hope everyone has a happy thanksgiving it's kind of crazy that we're at that point this this quick in the year but hope everyone has a happy and healthy thanksgiving and um we'll see you on the next episode peace yeah peace happy thanksgiving y'all